guys, welcome in. It's Brad, Brad with College Sportscast, and we four of day comes. Sportscast, and we have a full week. Great, great game. Go we are excited about, about uh, with me tonight, or Bell. What's up? Nothing much. Just uh, waiting for an exciting slate of uh, college football games this weekend. It should definitely be exciting. And I have Jimmy. What up, Pam Ammons? I can't hear him, man. Can you not hear? It's it's echoing really, really bad. Um. Okay. I said, how about now? That's a little bit better. There we go. All right. All right. So, three guys, guys, college sportscast. We are presented by the fanboys, and we are featured on Let's Talk Sports, Side Sport, The Real Fresh Channel, WSBN TV Channel 30. You can find us on WSBN TV is through your Apple TV or Fire TV. Look for on the Boxcast app. Look for World Sports You Once hear you that? Him, you can find yeah, us. Going me too. Uh, you, he's, you, I don't know. So the sound is still not right. Yeah, it's it's like glitching out on you. It's glitching and hmm. I don't know how I fix now that I'm on. So we'll kind of get started here. Maybe it'll. I might go out and come back in. Hang on just a minute. What's up, big big guy? <laughs> Y'all ever, I mean, I mean, maybe I'm just cursed or something. Maybe it's me. 
Like uh, I don't know. It it seems like every single time that he gets on, there's something going on with his. Well, it like it'll be fine before we start the stream, and then it and starts just like it's like the last. All talk for. I don't know. It's. That's what I don't get. All talk before, so I don't get it. I don't know. So our pick'em stat. Last week I was five and six. John was six and five. Taylor was not on with week. Our toast there. I'm eighteen and on a seven seventeen. Taylor was six. Oh, so with that said, we're going to get started with a very very good game this week. We got number four. Number num- number four. Man Florida. alive. Clemson and Florida Florida State two and a half point favorite. Taylor is I I this is the biggest game I don't understand. This I obviously Vegas as a whole knows more than me, but I, I really don't understand how this is only a two and a half point spread other than maybe just a knee jerk reaction from the Boston College game last week in in a season that's kind of had a similar start to, to 2007, um, maybe not to that extreme, but similar start. Um, I think just with the lack of explosive plays on offense from Clemson outside of when they're playing a, a lackluster opponent um, and the inconsistencies we've seen from that offense, um, especially on the offensive line with guys like Jared Verse getting after the quarterback and um, just the improvements we've seen, I think, at least in, in most of these games from, from the Florida State secondary compared to last year. Um, I, I think this is a game that um, I think the Seminoles win this one pretty handily, even though I, I understand it's in Clemson. But um, when you can't hit explosive plays, I think Florida State can really turn this into a the, their their ability to force the game into a shootout will just be too much for Clemson to overcome. Mm-hmm. That's 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 how I feel. You know, Taylor, the lack of big playability by Clemson will make this game difficult um, for them to keep pacing this one. E- even with the talent roster they got, I just don't think they're tested enough to keep up with the Seminoles this weekend. So. I'm just going to – I'm going to be like you. I'm taking Florida State in this one. I think um, Jordan Travis has a big game. I think Trey Benson has a really big game. That's not to say Clemson ain't going to have a really good game because it's going to be – it's going to be – the atmosphere is going to be on fire. There's going to be a lot of recruits there. It's a a big-time game for the ACC. But I just think Florida State has a little bit more firepower. Mm -hmm. I'm not hearing him. Are you hearing him? Uh-uh. He's gone.
Did you try turning it off and on again? This happened last week, too. Is it like his mic just goes out, basically? No, I just... I don't know. I can't hear nothing he's saying. I wish I could read lips right now. <laughs> yeah, I do too. We have a comment that says Florida State by as much as they want. I, I think that's probably the case this weekend. Okay. Okay. I think, you know, Clemson's a really good football team, I think, but I just think Jordan Travis. Are they, are they a really good football team, though? Are they? I mean, I, I wouldn't say they're they're horrible. I just don't think they're they're not up to Clemson standards, you know, yeah. that they've been the last couple of years. It's a steady, painful. It seems like it's a steady decline, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, let me see what he's working with here. Man. Nope. Got no sound. No. Now he's froze up. He says he can hear us, but I don't think he can hear Brad. Yeah. I guess we move on to game number two. Why don't you start us off? Uh, Auburn's a wounded duck in this game, I think. Um, you know, they're without some guys in the secondary. Um, I think – Texas A&M has the better offense, but I think Auburn has the better defense. It's just all going to come down. Can can Auburn make plays offensively to win this football game? And, you know, the way they play, what was it, against California, you're not going to be able to score those kind of points and win against a team like Texas A&M. It's just not going to happen. Um, I believe Texas A&M wins this game. And what is the spread, like seven and a half? Seven and a half. It's seven and a half. I think Texas A&M wins this game, and I think they cover the spread. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree on uh, covering the spread there for the Aggies. I don't think by much though, because I still um, the, the QB play is still a little bit inconsistent from Weidman at this point. But we could very well see a defensive touchdown in this game for the Aggies because uh, they've got. You think back to that COVID year, insane recruiting class that uh, A&M has. A lot of those guys are in the D-line, in the trenches, really working to improve the defense. And then Auburn's biggest weak point right now, other than the passing game on offense, is the offensive line. 
So mm-hmm. they might be able to scheme up a few plays with mm-hmm. uh, maybe getting Robbie Ashford to use his legs or mixing in just the differences in the skill sets between Thorne and Ashford at quarterback. But uh, football is still one in the trenches. It is. That's where uh, that's where the Aggies have the huge advantage. So yeah, I'll they're. Say, I think I'll say the think, Aggies by like two touchdowns. Yeah, and I think they're. I think they're ranked thirty second in the country in stopping the run. So Auburn's going to have. They're going to have to do more than just run the football. They're going to have to make plays through the air to win this game. I think. Yep. Right. What's the What's the next thing? Next game we got. If I can get back to my handy dandy thing, uh, we got co- the the Colorado and Oregon Ooh. game. Um, yeah. I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, uh, I don't think Colorado's been talked about enough the last <laughs> month. I think we need to talk about him more. Uh, very mm-hmm. funny to see a lot of very obviously new to college football fans come in and oh look at Dion inventing something that yeah. Team That's does. already that most college football teams already do, you know. Yeah. So, I think Oregon wins big in this game. Um, you got Dan Lanning, a Kirby Smart protege at head coach for the Ducks. You got Bo Nix back for about his twenty seventh year of eligibility, um, with plenty of guys from the transfer portal. Treshawn Holden from Alabama. Uh, and then even some more guys uh, defensively that it's really going to be a, a fast and physical team that mm-hmm. Dan Lanning's built uh, in Eugene. So I think you see Travis Hutter make a couple of plays early. Mm-hmm. Shador, I think, is just going to end up running for his life most of this game. So I think just off of the physicality that we'll see in the trenches from the mm-hmm. Ducks – along with Nick's being able to hit some of those explosive plays in this offense, um, big needle moving win for, for the ducks this weekend. I'm with you too. You know, Colorado has been a great surprise this year. You know, they're exciting to watch, but I just don't think this defense is going to hold up against Oregon. You know, Colorado has a prolific offense, but the defense is absolutely, let's just be honest. It's piss poor. The, you know, they gave up 35 points in two of their three games. Um, they gave up 499 total yards against Colorado State last week. Um, and they needed overtime to beat a really bad Colorado State team who's not really good. And Oregon's secondary is really good. They're experienced in the secondary. And I, I think Shadir Sanders is going to have a hard time making plays to the air without Travis Hunter. And I think Travis Hunter hurts worse to me defensively than he does offensively. I think, you know, his offense is great and all, but who's going to stop Bo Nix? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's it's It comes down to can Colorado's defense create stops and win this game, and I just don't see them doing it. Um, and I'm like you, give me Oregon Ducks in the 21. I think, I think they cover this spread pretty easily. Next is, I think, the, the most unpredictable – game um, in the mix you have as far as the spread. It is Ole Miss at Bama with Bama as seven-point oh. favorites. <laughs> this this is, is the game I went uh, – I'd love to hear what you have to say. I went back I went back and forth all week on this game. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I would touch this game. 
Um, you know, Alabama's got Jalen Milrow back as starting quarterback. Um, they switched up after what seemed like – I felt like it was a panic move, to be honest. Um, and Crimson Tide looked absolutely dreadful against South Florida last week, which, granted, it was raining and there was a lot of things going against them, but I'm not so sure Alabama wins this game. I, I was, I, and, I, and 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 I tell you why because, you know, Ole Miss has got a really really good offense, and Alabama's defense is not really really good. And if Texas can score thirty four on you, what's Ole Miss going to do with the offense that they got and the weapons that they got and the quarterback they got? I just think it's going to all come down to whether Jalen Milrow can make plays in the air and he can get drives together and put and grind it out drives and, and keep Ole Miss off the field because, you know, he can't do what he did against Texas and turn the ball over. Because if you do that, you're, you're not going to win this game. And I think what's the, what's the spread now? It is at, we have it as a seven, seven point spread. Seven points. So that would mean that I would take Ole Miss to win straight up, right? If if I, I guess um, I think that would be right. If if they're do you you think they cover the spread? I think you... Alabama covers the spread, but I think they lose. Okay, okay. So I'll leave it at that. See, I'm not good on these bet on some of these lines because I, I don't bet and I don't really know. Um, I'm I'm learning each week, so yeah. I'm gonna go. Feel like I've changed it. About every hour at this point, but um, I think we see kind of what it's come to in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. I know it's I know it's been since Saban's first year since he's lost back to back home games. I know that it's Alabama at home. I know Saban. I know it's Ole Miss who. And uh, I still, to be honest, I don't trust Lane Kiffin not to let keep be. I don't trust him to be able to keep his ego in check and not go forward on fourth and nine from his well, own 30. And you know, you know how his mouth is too. He, he has a mouth on him. But I think just with the skill up, the improvements we've seen from Jackson dart at the quarterback position, the, mm-hmm. the running ability that Ole Miss is going to have um, along with like the big thing, I think in this game, if Ole Miss wins the turnover battle, they should win this game. So I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Uh, I think they win by 10 in this game. I think they cover. And by the way, Brad just said um, I'm taking Clemson to cover. So Clemson, so that so what one point win or or Clemson win? <laughs> so that means you either Florida State. Of wiggle room there, so there's not a lot of wiggle room because it's only what three and a half. I think. I think it's I think it's two and a half. Two so, and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. two and a half. So, all right, UCLA and Utah, little little West Coast battle up next. This is this is a fun game. Um, you know, the season debut of Cam Rising. Um, you know, if Rising plays, I, I think I'm going to go Utah. If not, I'm going to flip it and go into UCLA. You to me, UCLA. I'll be honest with you, um, Taylor. 
has not really impressed me this year. Um, they, they had a couple of games where they had to wait until the fourth quarter to finally put a team away. And I just think this game at Utah is their hardest game that they faced all year. And I just don't think – and their quarterback play is kind of iffy here and there. Um, I'm not I'm not real sure on it. And I'm just going to take the better quarterback. I'm going to take the experienced quarterback, Cam Rising. And I think Utah wins this game. And I think they cover this game. Is Utah the favorite? Yeah, they're five and a half favorites. Yeah, I think they I think they cover spread. I'm gonna say I, I think we actually don't have the exact word on rising status for this game. They don't, but it, it's all looking towards him playing is is what I read today. So So I, I think this this maybe it's a little bit like the uh Florida game, but a little bit maybe less one sided for mm-hmm. them. This just screams ugly big 10 game almost to me like uh, run run the ball defense yeah yeah so i'll I'll say i think i'm gonna go i'll say about 24 20 utah i'm thinking i I don't think they i don't think they quite i don't think they quite cover that five and a half spread i think ucla ends up uh, hanging around a lot of this game but just the physicality in the trenches it's Four points, but I think it's more of Utah is able to use that four-minute offense and really grind the game away. Brad said that he took A&M, Oregon, Ole Miss, and Utah, so he's he's pretty much in agreement with us probably except maybe Clemson, the Clemson game because we picked FSU, I think. Yep. So, At least I did. Yeah, I did too. So, All right. SEC West up next, Arkansas at LSU. Oh, boy. Uh, All the talk this week has been about Sam Pittman, you know, deactivating his Twitter, and it's caused a meltdown in hog Twitter. (laughs) It don't take much in hog Twitter to have a meltdown anymore. Yeah, all all five of them are going crazy right now. Yeah, and – there's just a lot of offensive lines not played really well. Um, you know, they should be better in this matchup, I think. They had 14 penalties last week for 125 yards. Um, Arkansas is 3-1-1 one, one against the spread in its last five meetings with LSU. And, th- and this is a rivalry game. This is for the golden boot. Mm-hmm. And – but I just don't think Arkansas can go into LSU and win this game. It's just LSU's playing at a level that I haven't seen the last couple of weeks. You know, they come out and they just straight up embarrassed Mississippi State last week in Starkville, and Starkville is a really tough environment to play in. Now, that's not to say Arkansas doesn't have weapons to deal with LSU's passing offense. And, you know, they got a pretty good defensive front in their front four. But I just think Jaden Daniels' arm and I think Malik Neighbors will make a few plays in the um, passing game and they'll win this game. And I think they're, you know, and they're playing for their buddy Greg Brooks, um, their their teammate who uh, has can't have, what is it, a tumor. Um, he's in the hospital right now. So there's a lot of, you know, 
love going towards him right now, and I think they'll play hard for him and they'll win this game. I I just from what I saw during the the BYU game last week, and what we pretty much know about LSU's front seven, that's just an ugly matchup. I think LSU is able to win this game. Uh, pretty handedly to and cover the 17 and a half spread. I don't really see Arkansas being able to consistently move the ball. I think they will be in a lot of third and longs where maybe you end up with some turnovers here and there. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, I'll tell you something else too, Taylor, you know, I tell people this all the time when you can't block and you can't get off your blocks and, and you can't protect the quarterback, the quarterback has no opportunity to make plays. And when when that happens, he's pretty much running for his life the entire night. And I think this is the case. Arkansas is going to have to shore up that front, that front, that front four, um, or the front seven of their offensive line going forward if they want to at least get to a bowl game. Yeah, it's the 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 secondary is improved for Arkansas, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's enough to be able to slow down guys like Malik Neighbors. Um, and you still have Campbell there at tight or not Campbell. Um, that's the offensive lineman. You still have Taylor at, um, yeah, in there as well. Oh, as yeah, yeah. Guy that's been a little bit quiet. So maybe look for him to have a big game this week. I'm, I'm going to go, uh, LSU big on this one. Yeah. That, that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Let's see. Oregon State and Washington. Now, this is a game that I put this past week as one of my favorite games of the um, slate this weekend. You know, they're the the only two members left in the Pac-12 for next year. And, you know, this – I think this is the first time that they'll meet where both teams are ranked. And that's hard to believe, but knowing that Oregon State's had some pretty decent teams. And, you know, Washington State had some good teams with um, Mike Leach when he was there at Washington State. Yeah, this is going to be a fun matchup because, you know, you got a quarterback in DJ. I call him DJU from um, Oregon State. Um, he wasn't sharp last week. He just completed, I think, 47% of his passes. He had two interceptions, which doesn't inspire a ton of confidence going into Wazoo and Pullman. Um, You know, and Washington's got a good quarterback on the other side, Cameron Ward. He's already got almost nearly 1,000 passing yards already. Um, And he had 345 last year against Oregon State in the last meeting. Oh, this is a tough game to pick. Oregon State ranks 51st in pass defense, okay? And I expect Cameron Ward to be the difference in this game. Now, that's not saying Oregon State ain't going to put up numbers because they're going to put up numbers too. But I think Washington State just does enough to win this football game in Pullman because that is a really tough place to play, and especially when they're good. You know, when they had those Mike Leach teams, you know, every single weekend was packed out. Fans was crazy, and I expect an even 
more intense environment this weekend when Oregon State comes to town. So I'm going to go with Washington State, and what's the spread, like three, three and a half, something? Three. Yeah, I got um, Washington State covers and wins this by three. Yeah, I I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with the Beavers on this one. I think um, just what we've seen from DJU uh, DJ Alphabet also is another one you can call. <laughs> yeah, um, I think uh, just the physicality that Oregon State's able to play with on the line of scrimmage that's something that tends to travel. Um, I know that. Pullman is known as kind of one of the tougher places to play on the West Coast. Uh, but I think you, you, you kind of see a little bit more of um, the shift away from finesse football a little bit, I think, uh, what Oregon State's able to do. Probably outside of Utah, they're probably the second best uh, team as far as offensive line play in the conference. Mm-hmm. So I think they're able to play some ground and pound football and I think they're able to cover the three point spread and yeah, and this is a this is a really good Oregon State team too. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with uh, Oregon Oregon State for this one to cover the three point spread. Up next, let me see what we got here with our game slate. We got Ohio State and Notre Dame. Oh man, this game is game of the weekend. This is the game of the night. Um, one of the most anticipated games will take place in Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend. This should be a really great game, and this will have a lot of implications on who will be in the playoffs this later on in the year. Um, Ohio State is ranked fourth. Notre Dame's ranked, I think, what is it, ninth. Notre Dame has had issues winning the big games over the years, in my opinion, Taylor. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this year is different. Both teams have not really played a tough schedule early. Um, you know, you saw Ohio State kind of pick it up last week against Western, which Western's a really good offensive team. And, you know, Ohio State put up, what, like 70-something points on them? Um, Notre Dame has one of the best defenses in the country, a strong game. They might have the best running back tandem and quarterback tandem in the country. Um, Shoo, this is hard to touch. And they're tough to beat at home. And, you know – Man, this is <laughs> this is one of those games where you you can't you can't lose really. But I think I'm going to take the Irish. I think they win this game. Um, I think Sam Hartman's the difference. I think he's I think he's a better quarterback than McCord is. And not saying McCord won't be better at the end of the year, but I just think right now Sam Hartman is just better than him. And I think the defense will make a difference. And uh, I think Ohio State's defense is really good too. Um, it, it's all about who makes the big plays through the air and with their arm, and I think Sam Hartman does that this weekend. And I think Notre Dame covers and wins this game. So I, I like Sam, bringing in Sam Hartman, obviously, to improve the the offense uh, and the quarterback position. I think that's probably one of the biggest individual position improvements 
in all of college football, is at least with uh, one of the premier programs like Notre Dame. But I just don't think – I still don't think Notre Dame's quite there yet in terms of being able to match up on the outside with the weapons that Ohio State has. I just see Marvin Harrison Jr. making one too many plays to be able to – maybe it's in this – situation where he's able to take pressure off of the quarterback. I also just trust Ryan Day as a quarterback coach in order to have McCord ready to play in this game to be able – he might be a little bit antsy at the start. It's his first true road to. And uh, – but I think once he settles in, I think the um, – I really think that the Ohio State offense really takes hold of this game. Um, and I think I'll, I'll go – Ohio State by 13 for, for this game. If if I'm right, you owe, you owe me a chili dog. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what do we got next? Iowa at Penn State. This is the most big, the most Big Ten of Big Ten games. Yeah, it's this is going to be a rock fight. And what I mean in a rock fight, somebody's going to win this game 13-6, 13 10. Um, Drew Alar's performance last week against Illinois is a worry, considering that Iowa's defense is really, really good. Um, Happy Valley is not an easy, easy place to play. And they don't call it the whiteout for no reason. And and the crowd is really intense, and, and there's been some really great games played at um, Happy Valley. Oh, man, this is – my prediction is plus 14 – um, Penn State. So you th- you think Penn State covers fourteen and a half? Yeah, I, I just I think, like I said, this will be a low scoring game, but I think Penn State will have a little bit more offense than Iowa will. This, this is just a tough place to play right now. Um, you know, and it's it's a night game in Happy Valley. And a lot of teams don't come out of there with wins. And I just think Iowa is walking into a tough situation this weekend, and I think they lose this game. Yeah, I think if if James Franklin is able to coach this game how he should, this is a game that Penn State wins very handedly just off of a talent advantage and who you have a quarterback and such. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're able to cover 14 and a half just because of what James Franklin tends to do in these kind of games. Yeah, he gets- they win. I think they win, but uh, like, especially last week we saw against Illinois, he, they really um, kept it simple and didn't really cut drew Alar loose at all, which um, I'm very surprised to see how conservative they've been with him compared to how wide open they were with Sean Clifford, who seemed to be much more of turnover prone than mm-hmm. Alar is. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's I think Penn State's basically in control most of this game. 
but I don't think they're able to to cover the the spread for this one. So I I think it's like 20, 24, 17 Penn State. I'll say. Yeah, I think because you said it, you know, sometimes Franklin gets too. I wouldn't say it's too conservative, but he sometimes gets towards the end and and has little ideas that he can do, and it, and it, it's too close for comfort. And I just think that – but at, at the same time, too, though, I think Iowa, as talented as they're, – they're a lot better talented team this year. I still just don't think they go into Penn State and win this game. It's just – it's going to be tough on them. All right. Now on to Brigham Young University at Kansas – I Ain't it crazy I'm, how many good games for this weekend? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, I'll let you go on this one, and then I'll kind of I'll kind of back you up on it. Okay. So, we, we saw what BYU can do um, defensively. You had a, kind of a little bit of a turnover um, period for them in terms of personnel, but Kansas – Somehow Kansas is like not a dumpster fire at football anymore. Uh, no, so that's they're, really, thing. they're really good. But um, I think showing the ability to go into uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, and get a big win like that, I think BYU is able to really build their confidence up after after that. Um, and I think they they're able to just out physical. Kansas at the point of attack, and uh, I think they actually are able to, to – I'll not just say cover eight and a half. I think they're actually able to win this game um, in, in in Kansas. So I'll go with uh, the Cougars pulling off the upset this week. And Caden Slovis has really been a nice fit for BYU. Mm-hmm. And the defense has stepped up really good after, you know, last year. Last year, showing their, their defense was atrocious last year, and I, I feel like they're a lot better this year. Um, if, this, if this line was under a touchdown, I would think about taking Kansas. But you got to take the points in the Cougars mm-hmm. um, because they've been better defensively than Kansas to this point. Um, you know, they went into Arkansas and – and made a statement and said, hey, you know what? We can go on the road and an SEC team. Well, why can't they go out and beat a Big 12 team? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think BYU wins this game. And, you know, Kansas, Kansas is going to have some trouble with this BYU team. But that's not to say that Kansas ain't going to move the ball either because they're going to move – both of these teams are going probably going to move the ball at will most, most, most all night. It's going to come down to one or two plays defensively and who makes the stops. And I think BYU does that in this game. And I think you got to take the points and the coach. I think it's what, eight and a half? Yep. You mean BYU and eight and a half? All I right. Think BYU, I think BYU covers. Mississippi State at South Carolina. What do you have? Ooh, mercy. Uh, Mississippi State last week was absolutely atrocious, but a lot of that was not on Will Rogers. A lot of that was on the offensive line. They could not do anything. They LSU front four was just eating their front four 
up up front. They was just eating them for lunch, and and then some. Um, you know, this ain't the same air raid offense that we've seen the last few years under Mike Leach. Um, Zach Harnett has tried to be – he's tried to run in a, a more pro-style offensive tack, but to me it's been a mixed bag. Um, Will Rogers has not made a ton of plays in the passing game. Um, South Carolina has. Um, but their run game has been abysmal. You, you know, you look at last week against Georgia – Taylor's team, by the way, they was up 14-3, and I felt like they went away from what they do good, and Georgia took advantage of that. And Georgia made plays when, when they had to. You know, I look at the the speech that Kirby Smart made in the locker room at halftime. He said, you know what? We, ha- we, had, a, we had some mess-ups. We did this and that. It was like the Missouri game last year. But you know what? We're going to score on – I think he said something about something about possessions, and he said we're going to score on five or six of these possessions. And what did Georgia do? They went out there and made it made a statement. And and we'll talk about Georgia later on in the year. But that I felt like South Carolina went away from that um, what they did early in the first half, and it cost them in this game. I don't think it will cost them as much in this game because Mississippi State's secondary is not really good. So. South Carolina covers this game. I think they go. I think they go over the six, though. I think Mississippi State is if they don't figure out this offense, they're in trouble. I just think they're they need they need to work on this offense. They need to where they transform from the air raid to the pro style because right now it's not. There's a mixed bag with it. So I, I think it's. I'm going to go a little bit more positive for, for the Bulldogs on this one. I think they have a little bit more of a bounce-back game this week compared to last week. Uh, um, and then we've seen we've seen Spencer Rattler play well throughout this year. He played very well last week against Georgia. Um, they had to get away from the run game largely just because that's kind of an MO for the Georgia defense is yeah, running the ball. But um, – the one negative would be, I guess, from what we've seen consistently from Spencer these this year so far, is a little bit more gunslinger than you'd like it to be. Like yes. it would be. So I think um, maybe we see that as to, as a game where that comes back to bite um, bite South Carolina a little bit. So I think just being losing the turnover margin. Um, I don't know if Mississippi State's able to win this game. Maybe it's a field goal game, but I think they're actually able to be able to keep it within now six. For I this want game. here. Here's what I want to say on that. I don't want Mississippi State fans to think, "Oh, they're going in here and going to get blown." That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there has to be improvement from last week. You cannot do the same things you did last week against the LSU team against South Carolina on the road because. Playing in Williams-Brice Stadium with the whole sandstorm and everything, those fans are pretty – that's one of the most underrated um, stadiums and, and atmospheres in the country. And like I said, it's not going to be an easy place to play. And, you know, a loss right here could, could really hurt State going forward trying to get to a bowl game down the road. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely a team that – 
it's it's weird how Mississippi State isn't getting a lot of recognition when they. I did really expected better last year. So can I look at can I look at it like that? I expected better because I had them I had them playing better early in the year, but last week I get it. LSU is legit. LSU's got a good front four, but that was just plain atrocious. I'll just leave it at that. It was just it was not it was not good football. Well, you had, a, you had an angry LSU team for that game too. You did. That was that was a lot of it too. Yep. All right, closing us out here. What are your thoughts on UCF and Kansas State? Uh, this is a really tough game to pick. You know. Kansas State's averaging 38 points per game, which I think is 34th in the country, and they're averaging 463 yards of total offense. Um, their defense is 25th in points allowed. Um, UCF is playing without their their quarterback, John Rice Plumley, But they do have a pair of good running backs, um, and they got a good quarterback back up in Timmy McClain. I think he had 374 yards last week. And Kansas State is probably going to be without its starting quarterback, Will Howard, who's listed, I think, as questionable. That will be a big loss for them if he cannot go. Kansas State's coming off a, a disappointing loss to Missouri. And I think sometimes that can have a negative effect on a, a team. In the next game, oh, I don't know. As much as I want to pick Kansas State, I just feel like if they don't have their quarterback, which we don't really know yet, um, you know, the line moved a little bit from six and a half to five. So if that tells you anything, it gives you an idea that Will, Will Howard um, – might not play this weekend, but I think you're going to take. I think I'm going to take K State in this game. K-State. I think I think not having Rise Plumley is going to be difficult to win on the road without him. Which they do got a good stable running backs, but you got to have good quarterback play to win on the road. Yeah, but John, I think, John I think Rice Plumley, a guy that uh, was actually recruited by Georgia out of high school. Uh, so I know know him pretty well as a kind of a dual threat QB. Won't be playing in this game though. So um, I just think it'll be tough on the road without him. Well, it's Kansas State's. Um, I think that that's about as tough a loss as you can get. Watching a guy make the SEC record for the longest field goal <laughs> at the at the as time expires to beat you. Um, so I that, think I can have a like I said that. That can have a negative effect going into the next week. I just, but I think with them being at home now, if this was a road game, I could see, you know, down in UCF, that's a tough place to play now. Um, it's one of the most underrated places to play in college football um, in the last couple of years. But this game's in Manhattan, and Kansas State really plays really well at home. So I think, like I said, I think I'm going to take K State with the four points, and I think they cover this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. I think we see just uh, kind of a physical 
beat down type game. Run game looks really good. Um, I just got to see UCF. Uh, I mean, obviously, like they're joining the Big Twelve, um, but I don't. I think the days of um, making a run for a national championship are behind them. So I, w- I will say this though: everybody this. was talking about last week. Give credit to Missouri. Um, you know, Kansas State has a really good defense, and Missouri put some pressure on them with Brady Cook. Brady Cook's not a bad quarterback. Brady Cook is a really good quarterback, and he made plays when it mattered. Um, they still got to work on a lot of things. But Missouri is not a bad team. So I just want to get that out there because a lot of people think, well, they, they just – you know, Kansas State has a really good defense in what? Missouri put up 30 – was it 38 on them? I think it, it might have even been a little bit more than that. It might have been 41, I can't remember, but Missouri's not a really – Missouri's not a bad team. Yeah. Oh, this is tough. I'm going to have to go through my list because I didn't really prepare for the upsets and the locks. So, if we're being technical, tonight would be a really good upset. Georgia State's beating Coastal Carolina on the road by 10. So, but I didn't, we didn't get ahead of that. So, um, I don't know. To be honest, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Ole Miss. I think being able to mm-hmm. possibly make plays. If I have to pick an upset, like a true upset, because I think some of these toss up games, can you really count it as as an upset? Not um, really. So with a full touchdown advantage for Bama, uh, I think there's mm-hmm. a very good chance that Ole Miss uh, can can end up winning this game, uh, especially if they get out. The key, I think, with this Bama team, given their makeup with the running quarterback with Bill Rowe in there, is mm-hmm. you have to get up on them early. If you can get up on this team early, play to where you can keep everything in front. Don't let Jalen Miro just, like, chuck the deep ball down the field. Um, I think they'll be able to win this game. And I see that Notre Dame is is Brad's upset pick. I'm going to go out of left field, and you and Brad are probably going to say, you know what, this guy's crazy. And this guy's nuts. But in the past, it's been a pretty tight game. So, North Carolina plays at Pitt Saturday night, right? And North Carolina's a seven-and-a-half-point seven favorite. And I know Pitt, I know they lost to West Virginia this week. But it's an ACC game. It's on the road. It's at night. And North Carolina has really not had a game yet where they've really, I guess, really felt threatened except for maybe the App State game. You know, they pretty much dominated the South Carolina game and and the other game that they played. Um, I'm going to take Pitt. And I hope Sunday afternoon when I come back to read this that I didn't make a fool of myself on on a podcast. So – and it's something different for me because usually I take a big game. Usually ta- I take a game that is a, is a ranked game. But I feel like this is a game that just screams upset to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that the way they played the last couple of years. Um, so give me Pitt in the upset over North, over North Carolina. Yeah, Brad. <laughs> 
we will see what happens there. Um, the, lock, the lock of the week. Are you? I'll let you go first on that one. Uh, lock of the week. Uh, let me think. Uh, all of these games we've got. I'll say FSU at Clemson. I don't. Two and a half. If only two and a half, if you're only going to give FSU a two two and a half, lock it, sign sealed, delivered, right on Dabo's front door. Mm. I don't know. Uh. I tell you what, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go USC, um, Arizona State. The lock of the week, thirty-four and a half. Um, Arizona State is not a good football team. And if I'm, ain't this game at you? Is it? At, no, it's at Arizona State. Um, but I think USC is a really, really good football team this year. And I really think they got a shot at the national championship. And the only team that's in their way to me is Oregon going forward. So, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going with USC, lock it in, crank it up. And put it on 34 and a half points because I just don't see Arizona State hanging this game even at home. They're right now. I think Dillingham is a good coach. I think he's gonna he's gonna bring them up, but right now they're just not a really good football team. So, all right. And Brad said Washington over Cal 20 and a half. Yeah, that's 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 a given with Michael Penix Jr., which he's my Heisman. Um, leader right now for everybody that wants to know who my Heisman leader is. Okay. So we did the lock of the week. We did the um, upset of the week. Um, I think we're, I think we're pretty much closed out here. The next show is Sunday, September 24th at 3 PM central standard time, which that's 4 PM Eastern time for those in the Eastern time zone. That's the college sportscast weekend wrap-up, week four, and we will go over the all the big games this weekend, all the slates this weekend. If you're not doing anything this weekend, whether if your wife wants you to go out, whether she wants you to do something, stay home and watch football on TV because there's a really a lot of good games on. Now, if you can't, then, then that's understandable. Um, sometimes – Life gets in the way and you can't do that. But as far as me, I'm going to sit in and I'm going to watch um, football this weekend. Um, tonight's um, broadcast was presented by the Fanboys, featured on Let's Talk Sports, Sideline Sports 1, the Real Fresh Channel, Stadium Rant, and WSBN TV Channel 30. Sponsor is Pepsi. True Victory Veteran-Owned Sportswear. Use code DeFanboys for 15% discount. And Amazon Customizable Fan Link on DeFanboys.com. 
and GreenvilleSportsMedia.com. Well, Taylor, I appreciate you being on tonight, and uh, I'm glad that, you know, Georgia didn't get upset last week, and maybe UAB pulls a rabbit out of the hat this weekend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, think I, just saw, uh, I think I just saw a pig fly out my window. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I, I, think, I, think we're, I think we're good this weekend. So, yeah. But um, thank you for being on, Taylor. I appreciate you working with me and Brad and doing all this um, every single week. And uh, it's, a, it's a really a lot of fun. Um, it's nice to have other people on to kind of jib and jab with it about the games and stuff. So, um, But at the end of the day, um, you're still a Georgia fan. Go Dogs. You can't, you can't help it. Go Dogs. Everybody have a great night, and thanks for watching.